0: Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka The Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing you episode 176 on our road to 200. And tonight's stop, we are in the year of 2018. For Little Woods, a bit of a crime drama, you might say, starring Tessa Thompson, Lily James, Luke Kirby, James Badge Dale, Michelle Mission favorite Lance Riddick, and written and directed in her feature film debut by Nia DaCosta. Oh yes, this is Vincent's selection for this stop on the Show Mission. But as always, we like to start first with a look at feedback that we've gotten from each and every one of you via email or in our Show Mission Facebook group where a lot of people were celebrating the historic wins, Sunday's Emmy Awards. Oh yeah. Where Jarrell Jerome made history. The 21-year-old actor who portrayed Corey Wise in Netflix When They See Us became the first Afro-Latino to win an Emmy for acting when he took home the Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie Award. Yeah, I'm real, real happy for that little brother. I'm happy for When They See Us because that was a phenomenal um, piece of work. Mm-hmm. And I think you actually could have pulled any one of them out of that film. You wouldn't have been surprised sure, to see sure. them come away with a win, including your favorite, Billy Porter. Billy Porter.
1: Yes, sir. Who won for
0: Outstanding Actor in a Drama for yes. his role in Pose. Yes, I believe the first openly gay man, the very first openly gay man to win an award. I'm, I'm. Look, I've said it before.
1: I'll say it again. I feel like Billy Porter should win all the awards. <laughs> you, so I am very, very happy for Billy Porter. You have said that, Vince. Yes, I have. You know, big, I, big Billy Porter fan.
0: Yeah. Now I didn't finish. Um, cuz the the second season is finished. Yeah, already. second season's over. It, did it did it hold up? How did it hold up?
1: It it held up. It yeah. deepened and and the the relationships moved along. It's actually really fascinating. I think because they got a second season, mm-hmm. it's and 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 I think certainly by the time they were making the second season, you get the sense that the creators knew that they'd probably get a third season, Mm -hmm. they could breathe a little bit. Yeah, okay. So the relationships deepened, they expanded the world a bit. I was very, very happy. I do I do have to say the 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 not the bad part, but but like the the scary part is the longer it goes on, Mm -hmm. the more unrealistic it is that something Bad isn't going to happen to one of the to main, one of them, right? One of the main players, just mm-hmm. just statistically, yeah. You know, I think they pulled it off with the one season where Ryan Murphy was very adamant about this wouldn't be uh, another case of of the dead gaze, right? And the second season, w- people were relatively unscathed, but it's the '90s, and these are poor black and brown gay men and women Mm -hmm. and they did not fare well so i'm i am a little scared about that just as somebody who was invested in the characters but it was a great season billy
0: porter was fantastic personal favorite of our of this show uh fleabag won awards (laughs) look i can't eat yes Phoebe Waller-Bridge took home the Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series award, and Fleabag itself was awarded as Outstanding Comedy Series. Oh yeah, well deserved. Well, well deserved for both of them. Well deserved.
1: Although I think even calling it a comedy kind of limits it. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, I guess technically, but it's a comedy first. You know, Mash was a comedy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mash yeah, was a so, comedy, sure. And the thing is, the thing is about Fleabag. Fleabag, and I think it's primarily because of the product of his time, has always been that kind of like mix of the, you know, like it's a dramedy that definitely is more comedy, let's right. put it that way. Mash became a dramedy, yeah. with a laugh track, right? Because right. I honestly, the last few seasons, didn't find it that funny. <laughs> there was nothing funny. <laughs>
1: It was like MASH colon dead Asian kid of the week. (laughs) Exactly. Like they just going to kill kids every week. I know. Because it's war. I know.
0: Um, (laughs) Suicide is painless. Like why am I watching this? I'm 12. It's painless compared to this show. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so congratulations to both of them and all the Emmy, wa- yeah. Emmy winners. Um, I actually was very happy to see Jason Bateman take home an Emmy he for won- Ozark. For yeah, yeah. Even though I think it's a, it's not dubious because I think he because he, he took home the, the Emmy for directing, okay. in Ozark, and I think his direction is good in Ozark, okay. And I think if you really asked him alone at home while he's got a drink he'll tell you the reason why he he won that is because in his category there were like 3 other Game of Thrones episodes <laughs> nominated, right?
1: Which kind of like split the vote, right? And Plus, we're all still angry at Game of Thrones.
0: Well, you know what? We're angry at it, but it did take home outstanding drama series. I think they it, that's they, a ki- career, right?
1: They kind of had to give it to it, yeah,
0: yeah. That's like Lord of the Rings, Return of the Kings,
1: but the anger is still ambient, oh, yeah, it is against Game of Thrones.
0: I know because there are still thought pieces, think yeah. pieces I see on the internet new ones right about how you know Amelia clark s- says i wanted to take home just one souvenir and they said no oh my god i'm like R- really <laughs> it's really god. a deep but um but congratulations to all the winners there all right um we've talked about this before about how you are a huge fan of lady sings the blues yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The maybe movie I'm not, the a, not
0: a huge fan. I don't know how you put a huge fan Well, you're you, I'm a fan. You're a fan. I'm a fan, all you're right. A fan. I'm like mixed on it. Alright. Uh but we've always said I think the legend of Ladies Singing the Blues has kept people away from maybe delving into those waters again. Absolutely. And trying to do a B- Billy Holiday story. Right, right. Well, director Lee Daniels I- yeah, is going to be directing. The latest Billy Holiday I story starring Andra Day as the late great yeah. jazz icon.
1: <sighs> I'm, gonna give, I'm gonna give it a chance. As
0: Lee, what what is Lee Daniels directed that you liked? That I liked? That you liked? Um, he directed a, m- a movie with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., Shadow Boxers. You know what? I never saw Shadow Boxers. Yeah, I think it was good. It was Cuba Gooding Jr., I think Helen Mirren. Okay. Yeah, that was good. I never actually saw Shadow Boxers. I will admit. You were drunk. No, I wasn't okay. drunk. I wasn't drunk. No, I liked it. Uh, I liked parts of what is the um, the Butler that the I, yeah, that's no, the one with Forest Whitaker. To say I never even
1: attempted to watch the Butler.
0: Yeah, I I liked parts of that. Okay, and uh, Precious. That was that was just, that was misery porn for me i i couldn't i couldn't make it through P- i actually liked precious i couldn't make it through it it's it's a it's a terrible
1: story it, i mean it was a terrible novel it's terrible but i liked i thought considering the source material i actually liked precious but i don't know if i can name anything besides
0: precious yeah um well weren't you at one time a fan of empire i mean and i know he's directed a few episodes and he's a producer
1: look empire was pulpy fun but there's nothing about Empire that said I wanted him to do, do, a, dra- Billie right, do a Billie
0: Holiday movie? movie. a Billie Holiday movie. He's announced that his next movie, The United States versus Billie Holiday, will focus on one particular aspect of the late great singer's career when she was targeted by the Federal Department of Narcotics who targeted her with an undercover sting operation led by black federal agent Jimmy Fletcher with whom she had an affair.
1: Now, I do like this and I wish more biographies and especially biographies about black people Mm -hmm. would take that slant where they don't try to do their whole life and just focus on a moment in time, focus on a moment in time. I do. So I, I I already am much more interested
0: now than I was five minutes ago. Yeah. This is inspired by the, 2015 New York Times bestseller Chasing the Scream, The First and Last Days of the War on Drugs. Grammy Award nominated singer-songwriter Andre Day is on board to portray the influential artist who set the blueprint for a female that's jazz vocalist during the 50s, excuse me, 30s and 40s. It's an interesting choice. Okay. Alright. My interest is peaked. I think that's a, I think that's a, a good choice. I think that's... Um, casting someone who has a little bit more of a you know closer to it look of Mm -hmm. billy holiday yeah um i'm actually also interested in it in this because um susan laurie parks has been tapped to do the script i don't know if you're familiar now
1: i'm now i'm very interested you should have started with that
0: uh susie laurie parks who was the first african-american woman to receive a pulitzer prize for drama and it's also has credits including the Tony Award winning, the Gershwin's per- Porgy and Best Musical, the play Top Dog Underdog. I was top Dog Underdog. Top Dog is under- amazing. Is amazing, and I actually was very honored to be a small part of uh, a production of that that played here in Philadelphia a few a few years ago. So, nice. um, so. I've, I've mentioned this before, but
1: I actually saw most Steff and Jeffrey Wright in Top Dog Underdog on Broadway. And that's how I was introduced to her. Oh, and I okay. said, I said, oh, this, this is, this is a playwright right here. Oh yeah, it's top dog, underdog. It is. Yeah, it's it's no it's joke. I'm
0: surprised nobody hasn't ad- adapted that for television. I'm not surprised because I think I don't know who can pull it off. Is it like a a, a short, uh, like a, a maybe one hour, one and a half hour like movie for television. Yeah, I could, I could.
1: Like you don't know maybe who on could,
0: Netflix. No, I don't mean who could act
1: it. I mean who could like I don't even know how you can translate it. that into a film.
0: Oh, I think you could do that very well. I think I I think you can have some fun with that. Um, here's another movie that I I forgot that Lee Daniels did. You probably didn't like Monsters Ball. <sighs> I just thought Monsters Ball was wildly uneven. I don't. I I know I saw it. I don't remember it. So yeah, I can't speak it was to just. It. It was just all, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I'm not even going to say I didn't like it. I just remember watching and thinking it was a mess. They interviewed Andre Day about capturing this role, mm-hmm. and she said that Nina Simone and Billie Holiday are pretty much the reasons I do what I do now. Nina Simone, particularly because of her activism, she used her music as her platform. She was willing to speak up for the race issues that were going on at the time, even to the detriment of her own career. Lord knows that was, that's true. Um, this will be the first film that Lee has directed since The Butler. Okay, excuse me. Full title: Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels, the Butler. The butler. That's right. Lee Daniels, the Butler. So we'll, we'll see. That may, so I'm interested in it. Yeah, knowing that he's not writing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. With all due respect to the brother. Yeah, Susie Laurie Parks. To me, that they should be calling
1: it Susie Laurie Parks' movie. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's see what is going on have you seen Vince the trailer for Raising Dion I did the Michael B. Jordan produced superhero series uh, comic book series movie uh, or television series it's going to be uh, on Netflix in October looking forward to it looks pretty good right Oh yeah, looks pretty good and there's a link to the trailer in our Facebook group ladies and gentlemen actually a couple of links up up there it looks good. It does, it, it does look good. It looks interesting. Some of the uh, uh, what is happening in the trailer, you can tell they took like beats from the trailer that was created to promote the comic book yeah, and thus is what ultimately got the book optioned. And right, right. Of course. Here. Um, so it does look pretty, pretty cool. I'm interested to see how it all, all play out. Netflix has renewed a series I didn't even know they had. Okay, and what is that? Netflix has a TV series called Family Reunion. <gasps> oh, A multi-generational yeah. live-action comedy series starring Loretta Devine, Tia Mowry-Hardick, Anthony um, Anthony Alibe, Talia Jackson, Isaiah Russell, Bailey Cameron Wright, Jordan James. They'll all return for more of Madeir's home cooking and McKinlin's dance moves in the second season <laughs> of Family Reunion which follows the McKellans who move from Seattle to Georgia to be closer to extended family. I'm 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 happy for the team that's involved and I wish them
1: great success.
0: Me too.
1: And more of Medeas food. Madea's food. Medea's Medeas
0: Yeah. Not to be. This is ah, not a Tyler Perry Madeer's production.
1: Food and and.
0: This was a, under the auspices of producer creator Meg Deloach and and somebody's dance moves. So I'm happy that it exists. I'm <laughs> all for
1: working black actors. Yes.
0: Yes. And I I believe that um, Shaft Richard Roundtree has a recurring Richard Roundtree has a recurring role. I, excellent. Happy that he's working and I
1: love Loretta Divine. It looks like she's gonna be a character at least recurring on blackish. So I'm always happy when Loretta Divine is getting a check.
0: You know everybody's got a streaming service now. Yes. Right? There's tons of streaming service. Yes. As matter of fact, Tawana was actually kind of bummed because there was a commercial that ran for um oh, what was it? I think it was this show. It was a show starring Jennifer Aniston and somebody else. Oh yeah, the thing that's going to be on Apple TV, right? Yeah. It's called, called the Morning Show. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, in it, like, I could see like her eyes perking yeah. up watching." Yeah, it. and then she saw Apple TV and she's like, "What's Apple TV?" I was like, yeah. "That's a streaming service a str- we're not getting." Yeah, so she was bummed because she was like,
1: "Oh, it looked interesting." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah I'm it, it, I mean, it does look interesting. It's not." as they say, a killer app. I don't know if that would make me. Yeah, that's subs- not, that's not going yeah, to get seen. me. It's, I uh, there's that, there's that show with Jason Momoa and um.
0: Oh, C. I think C, it's called, yeah. Which,
1: which it, it looks like they're definitely putting the money in these shows. Yeah, they got some money there, but it's not me... enough to get me there. Right.
0: So, so, everybody's got a streaming service. Yes. So, NBC Universal. Yes. They're, they've announced that they've got a streaming service the, coming yes too. yes they have have you heard the name of their streaming is service? this the peacock it's the peacock yeah peacock do we like the name peacock i sure why not i don't really have a I mean i know why they're going there because right, for right. years nbc's mascot has been right. the, the peacock yeah 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 the peacock, spread to feathers. but the name peacock for streaming service i don't know it, I, I'm not feeling it. Oh, okay. I think they could. I think they could have. I think they could have. They 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 may need to do a um, workshop. That I, I mean, I suspect they did. Well, I think they need to go back to the workshop. Right, right. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, you're fine with it. I, I, don't, I, I, I can honestly say I've. This is the longest I've thought about it. <laughs>
1: I did not know this is where we were going to land. We do this in real time, folks. <laughs> I didn't know this is where we were going with this conversation. We're that's, that's your sticking point, huh? The name The Peacock. Is that going to keep you from subscribing? No. Were you going to subscribe anyway? No. So you're somebody who had no intentions of subscribing to The Peacock. You just have some opinions on the name. I give you Internet Message Board in human form. Okay. Pretzel Gobbler 7869 says, I don't like that name.
0: Um. <laughs> um where I, I had where is that <laughs> <laughs> This sucks. With all these new streaming services. <laughs> yes. Has any of them caught your eye that cuz you, you you're a cord cutter. You don't do you have cable? I'm uh, we we have been it's like the the treaty
1: of versailles in my house talking about cord cutting. We've been talking about cord cord cutting for you like two a, years. Because
0: you have a Roku, right? I don't have a Roku. I thought you had
1: a Roku. It's it's so funny. You and I have this conversation and like every time. three months. Know. You know, it's funny. My father-in-law oh, for 20 years will not acknowledge that I don't like sports. Like he talks to me about sports all the time and he'll say, did you see the such and such game? And I'll say, well, no, you know, I don't really like sports. And then it'll be like for 20 years. And what I realize is that he loves me so much that he can't comprehend that a man wouldn't like sports. So therefore, in his head, I like sports. I think that's me and you and the Roku. Like, I think in your head, you feel like I should have a Roku, but I don't. So every two months, you bring up something about a Roku. And
0: I say, Lynn, I don't have a Roku. And then you say, I thought you had a Roku. And I said, no, I don't have a Roku. And then we... You know why? Because you have Amazon Prime. I, I do have Amazon Prime. And I'm assuming you watch Amazon Prime on your television. I do watch it on my television. So and, and I just as well assume as computer, that you so. it's getting there via Roku. I mean, I have a smart television and a, um Xbox. Like, I can get uh, to it a couple of ways. Okay. Alright. Well, there you go. Right. Well, there you go. So... I say <laughs> so. You haven't cut
1: the cord. I've not cut the cord, and really, I'm just scared. You're scared. Are, are you scared. the point? I, I, Truth be told, I think I am because, like, I mean, I'm in charge of this kind of stuff. Okay, and it it really is just sort of intimidating to see what I'm going to get. What I'm not going to get, how to put it together, because it's very, it's very personalized. Like everyone has their very personal stuff w- that, they like. that they like and how they put it together. And I just haven't put the effort into putting together
0: our package. Well, let me ask you, okay? Because your daughter, does she really watch TV anymore? You're talking about my daughter. Like we don't really
1: watch. Like we watch what we watch, and. And, and 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 I'm a sucker for for a random PBS documentary, like it was something on New Jersey's PBS station the other night about the history of boogaloo music mm. that I watched mm. twice. But Jesus, you know, I don't I don't know how much TV I'm watching.
0: Got that chord, man.
1: No, absolutely, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I just, haven't, I just haven't done it. It's just easier to...
0: Now, mind you... Have cable and... It, it, it is know. easier because trust me, I cut the cord more than a few years ago. Right. I have like a whole bunch of streaming services because I have the, have the Roku. I would have less if it wasn't for my lady. Right. Because it was a struggle to get when we got together. I had already cut the cord and then I just told her like yo... I don't want cable. Right. So we won't have to make so I had to adjust what I what I watch for her. So I had to get like, you know, like I got Hulu, but I got the Hulu with like live channels and stuff. Right. See, See all that? I know. All that? I really would rather not. Yeah. Dude, honestly, me, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. And then when I need it, CBS All Access and maybe HBO. I'm good. Yeah, I, I would be so. Good. So how would you watch local channels? You get a local channel on there. Well, I do watch local channels now. On what? On Hulu. Because oh, but but with, if you but if you had your druthers, I would be fine. You just wouldn't it. even watch local channels because I can just because you can watch it
1: all on the on, just the, on your computer. On a, yeah,
0: you know what yeah. I mean. So, but you know, she quietly.
1: I do need a rando PBS station. Like I do need to be able to turn to PBS at eleven o'clock on a Wednesday.
0: PBS has their own streaming service. No, 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 no. But the local
1: Oh the local, the local yeah, true, channels just do just wacky stuff. Like yeah. they do their own wacky stuff. Right, right. So But then it'll
0: be on the internet. Yes, but it'll if, be
1: on their website. If, if I don't know what it is, I can't look for it. That's my point. But no, I don't have a Roku.
0: Get a Roku. And I don't like sports. You don't like sports. Yeah. I'll tell you what you will will like. Well, I'll tell you what I think everybody should will like. CBS, you know, it's the new fall season. That's on right. Television And CBS TV, they got a new series. Yes, they do. It's called All Rise. Hey, who's in that? Simone Missick. Our friend and yours. That's true. Simone Missick is in All Rise on CBS. Hey, free plug. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. I believe it airs on Mondays. I was about to say, it came on last night. That's right. Mondays on CBS. Check it out right there, and and hey, I'll continue to plug because if you miss it, go to CBS All Access, and you can catch you can catch it there as, as well. Do the damn thing, Simone. Do it. Do it. Do it, girl. All right. You ready to review a film, Vince? I am. I am. All right. Then let us review Little Woods. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. What went wrong last time when you got caught?
1: I forgot to be scared. Because I liked it too much.
0: You ever think about leaving? You're so close. Please stay out of trouble. What if I lost my insurance? The pregnancy and birth is going to be about eight or nine thousand. Closest place for an abortion, she said. Where is it? Hundreds of miles away.
1: I'm sorry. It's been a rough time for a lot of people. Trust me, if you saw the house, you'd pay us to keep it.
0: (laughs) Where are you going to get the money, Ollie? I'll figure something out.
1: You said if I wanted back in to come see you, so you could move, say, 500 pills? 500 pills? Every day I'm with mom, and she's dying, and all I can do is get her some medication so it hurts less. You got something? Yeah, Oxy, 12 a pill, but 10 for you. It's not what I wanted, all right? It just kind of turned into this.
0: I know you're selling again. And I don't appreciate losing customers because you decided to get back into business. Oh no, who told you about it? I
1: heard you got a procedure done around here. I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble. Yeah, well, you ain't gotta try. It's not too late to back out. How do we know we can trust you? What brings you out this way? How much money you got? Step over here, please. Just relax. (laughs) Well, it didn't exactly go like we planned.
0: you do this without getting caught yes are you sure of course not little woods is a 2018 american australian crime thriller western this is straight from wikipedia folks yeah, yeah. written and directed by nia Dacosta in her directorial debut it stars tessa thompson lily james Luke Kirby, James Dale, and Lance Riddick. It focuses on sisters Ollie and Deb, played by Thompson and James, who find themselves falling into the illegal world of cross-border drug trading along the Canadian-United States border after their mother dies this film had its world premiere at tribeca film festival in april of 2018 and was released just earlier this year to um to theaters from neon productions and this film is vince's selection for our 176th stop on the show Mission. Vince, what say you of Little Woods? I think
1: this is a fantastic debut. I think Nia DaCosta came out the gate with with a great, great product. I think we, we talked last week. I said I wanted to talk about this week because Nia DaCosta has been tapped to direct can- uh, Candyman. Yep. So I said, oh, well, we should probably get her in the cycle and talk about her, But frankly this film was on my radar initially because of tessa thompson Mm -hmm. and tessa thompson is an actress who very quickly has become someone who i utilize as as shorthand for when i'm going to look at something because as we we were you know basically talking about streaming services and and the, the it's just a lot to watch all the time that's very true so I look for actors that I can point to and say they make interesting choices. Yes. Therefore, I'll put this I'll put this on the list. Mm-hmm. And Tessa Thompson again since uh, Dear White People has become one of those actresses. And this is another case of that. She's she's a really really great young actress who has distinguished herself very quickly in the past few years as somebody to watch. And I think this film is a great showcase for her. As you said, Ollie. Yeah. Who is in, in, I don't even know how complicated it is. They're sisters. They're sisters. I think it's, it's, it's a sibling relationship. And I think sibling relationships are by definition complicated. hmm. and, she is navigating this world of 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 this hard scrabble life in North Dakota again I think Tessa Thompson uh puts in a great performance and I think this is a solid cast Lily James as her sister I think does a great job I think she and Tessa Thompson have a lot of chemistry Mm -hmm. I really like James Badge Dale, who plays Lily James' ne'er-do-well boyfriend and the father of her child. I, I We've talked about this several times on this show. I'm always suspicious of sketchy characters who somehow have romantic relationships or who are part of a community. And I, 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 like, I'm always very skeptical of how they're depicted. Mm-hmm. And how why would you be with this person? And I think this character that Badge plays, or, or rather Ian. Dale plays, Ian perfectly captures that. Like you see how someone would be drawn to him. Okay. Lance Riddick is 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 fantastic. Lance Riddick is in three scenes yep. in this film. And those three scenes are are fantastic. And and maybe I'm I'm just biased because I love Lance Riddick so much, but I feel like those are the best three scenes in the film. Like the scenes with him and Tessa Thompson, and he plays her PO, her parole officer, Mm -hmm. and she's 10 days away from getting off of parole. So they have this great lived-in relationship, and I actually put in my notes, I would have loved to have seen the film of their relationship where from the first day he's her parole officer until this period right here, because they're great. Plot-wise, I think you picked it up from... You can pick it up from that that plot point I just said, where she's 10 days away from getting off of her parole. Eight days, actually. Eight days. This is a film that the plot is not only very straightforward, it is a plot that we've all seen before, Mm -hmm. and as soon as she said... I have eight days off of parole and then I can get on with my life. You know where this is going. Yep. Yep. The artistry of this film is seeing how you get there though. Mm. And in my mind, that is what elevates this from just a solid film. And I will say this as we do periodically, I will actually put a spoiler alert right here on this episode because I think this film works best if you don't know exactly where everybody lands
0: that's true yeah
1: because you do uh, you, you you we've all seen this before right you mentioned in the description that this is is a western slash crime thriller crime thriller slash a bunch of stuff and i also think that outside of the plot And outside of the performances, which, frankly, I think are enough to justify watching this movie. When you approach this movie as someone who's a fan of movies and a fan of genre. To my mind, this is when it gets really, really interesting. Okay, And certainly for our conversation, certainly one of the things that we'll have to talk about is whether or not this is a black film. Mm -hmm. Because Tessa Thompson and Lance Riddick are the only black people in this film. Yep. And except for twice in this film, Tessa Thompson's race is not directly addressed. Right. And one of those times, it's all—it's basically a plot point. And when, when she's on the phone at one point talking about her mother's business, and she mentions that she's adopted. Mm-hmm. But she didn't have to be black to be adopted. That's just a plot point that as you're watching this you realize that Tessa Thompson's mother and her sister are white. Mm-hmm. So her father could have been black or she's adopted. But I think what really, really pulled me into this movie is this examination of Westerns and, and heist films. And and I think even to a certain extent, almost a hood, the hood films of the nineties, I saw it because there are so many plot elements that you've seen, mm-hmm. you're on the frontier. You're making, you're an outlaw. Mm-hmm. You, you, you. One last heist. Mm-hmm. I keep trying to get out, but they pull me back in. All of these very familiar plot elements, but because these are women, it subverts them. Because Tessa Thompson is a black woman. So she's basically at the bottom of the totem totem pole when we talk about who's able to navigate this world. I think it lends it an urgency that you wouldn't get if Tessa Thompson's character was the white man that you usually see mm. in these types of films. When mm. you see and certainly the film very overtly plays with Western iconography. You, you know, there are scenes and then they they there are there are pictures of sunsets and 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 rugs depicting cowboys, and, yeah. and there's one scene where she actually goes to a rodeo. And the thing I love about the depiction of the rodeo is that there it, it's a multiracial crowd, mm-hmm. and you realize that n- no, it's not all white people in North Dakota. That's right. This whole notion of her going across the border, which when we think about border border language in westerns. It's the southern border, yeah. but now it's the northern border. But all of that is there, and I think focusing on her gender and her race, even though, again, it's not very prominent, and we can talk about that. Because I do think, uh, obviously, the conversations with her and Lance Riddick are are vectors that you can point to, Mm. some racialized exchange. I think... Calling it a black film makes it much more rich, a much richer experience if you look at it as a black film or as an exploration of blackness. And then finally, speaking of, of this sort of examination, commentary, subversion of of all of this, this stuff, I joked last week that I wanted something new. Mm-hmm. And this, this this is a film that could only have been made right now. You talked about the her her going across the border and, and stealing prescription drugs, but it's not just opioids. I, I think it's fascinating that this is a film about healthcare. Yep. And people sneaking into Canada mm-hmm. for health care. Yeah. You know, obviously the drugs are driving the, the, the opioids are a driving part of it, but she's talking about um, um, diabetes drugs. There, there are the abortion pill drugs. they are abortion services. Yeah, that,
0: yeah. The final, the
1: the final trip that she makes. She takes MRIs with her to be examined. Like, there's all of that. Yeah, all of these, these, this, this whole community is hard scrabble. Mm-hmm. And and what politicians every two to four years talk about the heartland. Mm-hmm. But these people are. Deaths are in dust, dire straits, yeah, and they have fallen in between the cracks. There's this wonderful detail where her sister is in an RV in a, um, in a parking lot, and they they can't say it obviously for for legal reasons, but it's clearly a Walmart parking lot. Mm-hmm. And this was a whole phenomenon about the. You ever see that documentary? This about is nowhere, yeah. Documentary This Is Nowhere About RVs Going Across the Country and They Spend the Nights in Walmarts. Right. And even when this documentary came out, and I just looked it up for this episode in 2002, even in 2002, there was this subtext of rootlessness mm-hmm. that had set in with Americans and how they were, you know, in the heartland as we talk about. Right. And all of that. Is in this landscape, and it works in a way that I think again really kind of deepens the experience. So at the end, on a superficial level, I liked this movie, but the more I
0: thought about it, I really liked this movie. I like this movie like from from jump from the opening shot. I just love the sense of place. The shot is um a nighttime shot and it's just this open field um and it's just there and then as the camera pulls back you slowly hear the shovel you know breaking dirt digging digging and it's Tessa burying her her um her stash you know like like trying to get out of the game mm-hmm. as it were you know, almost brings to mind of the old gunslinger that puts up his guns, mm-hmm. you know, and, and hides them away. You know, I don't, I don't even want to want to see him. And the second you see that, you're like, Oh, we'll be here again. <laughs> we'll be back. You can hear, you can hear the drugs literally saying, "You'll be back." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As she's burying him. Um, but yeah, just that 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 sense of place that that is created there. Um, and it just continues on throughout the film. For this to be Nia DaCosta's, you know, directorial debut, this is a monster of the debut mm-hmm. because there are so many scenes that are just that are just so picture perfect in their in their filming and their staging, um, in the in. And in the tone that she's trying to build in this movie, it it really is just a just a master class right there. So I was taken in just from there, mm-hmm. from the door. Tessa Thompson, she's shown up here on the mission more than a few times already. Every time she shows up, she is yet to disappoint. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes she's it's close to the best thing in the and to work she's just she you just can't take your eyes off of her because she she becomes your window into this world she is our old gunfighter in this film I think the calling this a western like you said despite I mean even with all of these subtle nods to western iconography that you see throughout the film is very apt because this is North Dakota. Mm-hmm. This is the Dakotas. The Dakotas very often were the scenes of westerns mm-hmm. back. If you go back in, the, in in the day, and when people, especially you know uh, certain certain officials who you who might show up on your MSNBCs and your Fox News now talk about you know making America great again, they hope to bring to mind. Images of the Old West, as it was presented in some of those more fairy tale westerns of the day, right? Nia DaCosta welcomes you to. No, when they talk about you know the heartland, this is the heart of America. This is what is happening. This is the real world. This this is on the streets. Yes. What is happening, you know what I mean? These people, these uh, these actors feel so lived in their in their roles. Yes. Like you there are times where you feel that you you may be like you're you literally are a fly on the wall. Like I'm not really supposed to be seeing this, am I? Right. You know right. what I mean? Uh because they are unapologetically you know, just moving through life, trying to make, trying to make it from not even day to day, some just hour to hour, mm-hmm. and you can feel it in in their faces, in their moods, in their speeches, and 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 everything, and you can also feel it, uh, the wariness of it, on their shoulders, especially in Ali and Deb, the two sisters, you, right? You you could feel that weight on their shoulders and they just want to lift it off. Especially Ollie. She yes. just really wants to, and, and she wears it so well in this, in this film. Um, there's one scene and, and I think you're right. It's good not to be spoiled. Right. About this to, to see how everybody lands. But, you know, we, we've put it out there. She, she tried to leave the world alone. She gets pulled back into the world. Right. And right when she's pulled back into the world, even though she has the ticking clock of, like, about to get off a of parole, right? her P.O. stops in for the first time in, like, ever. Oh, my God. Because it's it's almost done to check on her. And he's, he's not trying to be a, a, a jerk or anything like that. He's honestly stopped by with a bit of good news for her, you know, saying that things are going well for you. But, you know, it's been a while since I've been here. I gotta, gotta, you know, walk around. Take, you know, take a look around. She saw him coming and has just hit her stash. Yeah. And that scene won't give it away. But is filled with so much real tension. And I don't mean tension like, you know, it's it's like you're 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 scared and you're 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 on you know you're on pins and needles. I mean, it's just the the tension because you you're feeling for her. You're also kind of feeling for him because he doesn't want anything to go wrong for her. You're just feeling for that whole situation, and right. then the way that that situation plays out is, for lack of a better word, one of the best scare moments you will ever see because it hits you and you're like oh oh but I think I mean that's the script though and that's that is the script and which was also you have to credit yeah she to wrote Nia this it's, it's, because it's, she wrote this is a blockbuster script it's 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 amazing it's amazing uh script it's amazing direction because there are so many scenes in this in this movie where in lesser hands there would have been some type of you know um score kind of like telling you how you're supposed to feel right about, right. about certain things but they're but they're there isn't in this. There's very little score, very little music in this in this film. And that's what gives it a, a very real feel for me. Um, I, you know, Tessa Thompson is great. Lance Riddick is great. Lily James is someone who I actually was introduced to uh, a few years ago, the first time I saw her, on Downton Abbey. Okay. And on Downton Abbey, she played more of like this flighty type of young girl mm-hmm. on on the show who I enjoyed and enjoyed watching her grow a little bit cuz she comes on later in the, in later seasons of the show. But I don't know that I took notice that she was like this amazing talent. I was like, "Oh, good actress." Yeah. But seeing her here, yeah, where she totally looks totally different than anything she looked like in in um, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, Downton Abbey. Seeing her here, it's like, oh baby, you got the goods. Yeah, you really have the goods, and you are you are you are killing it. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I'm, I'm loving this. I, I so I really like her. And you pointed out um, James Badgedale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Badgett Dale, excuse me. What I liked about... I, I liked his acting. I loved his acting. But I, what I also... What, what what I liked about his role as written by, you know, DaCosta, he's... He's... Uh, he's a... He's more... He's got some jerk in him, right? But he's got more just the typical just I'm a guy jerk. Yeah. He's not some over the top, you know, cartoon jerk, you know, who is a, a bit of an absentee father to his son. Right. Um and not really there present for Deb. Um so he, he he's got some jerk to him, but more to the point which you find again in real life, he's just a disappointment. Yes, he's a, a big disappointment to Deb, to his son, and thus to himself. Yes, and what I appreciated in this in this um, movie is that. He's a jerk without being over the top, so you don't see him being violent towards her. Right. You know, physically violent. Right. You know, he, he's a bit of a jerk, but he's not physically violent to her. Right. But you also see him come to the realization of who he is. You know? Um like, wow, I am like this real big disappointment. And she has to like you know, like give him that coming to Jesus moment. Um and actually, that scene right there—that was my favorite. Scene it's a in this great movie scene because it was just so—it was so heartfelt, so so real, and it, you you felt like you said you felt how they could be, have been in each other's lives. Yeah. But you could also appreciate that they both know. Where they are in each other's lives at this moment, right? And it's a hard pill to swallow, and but we've got to swallow it.
1: Well, I, I think we have talked about this previously. I think the commentary on both his character, as well as as the the lack for lack of a a, 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 a better term, the big
0: bad. Oh yeah, that would be a, a Billy, Billy played by Luke Kirby. I don't think either one of them are bad
1: men. Yeah. that's. I think they are just caught in these circumstances where they have to figure out how to make a living. I've said it before. I think one of the most insidious things about poverty is that it forces ordinary people to have to be extraordinary Mm -hmm. to survive. Mm -hmm. And if you're just ordinary... You get swallowed up. Yeah. So I don't think Billy planned on being a drug dealer, as as Ali so succinctly names him early in the film. I don't think Ian planned on being a deadbeat dad, mm-hmm. or not being with with his um, son, with his son, or with Molly. Or Demp, right, I'm, right. I'm sorry, or with Deb. I just think stru- structurally they don't they can't make it work. Mm-hmm. the way that we've been taught that men have to make it work mm-hmm. and traditionally we had these conversations about poor black men because we you, you know the the, the 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 working white man is the 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 salt of the earth and and the noble real american and right. and, and poor black men are scum so we had these talks about black men and i think again talking about this film as as a product of the moment we're having real conversations about poor white men and i think this is a great depiction of them that that they're just they're just not able to to function yeah as adults right and so they they they're dysfunctional they're literally dysfunctional but that that scene, I wanted to circle back to the scene with Lance Riddick that you just mentioned, which is which is my favorite scene in the film, where he almost finds her stash. The thing I loved about that scene, a, it was a great, it, it was it was a great display of Lance Riddick's acting and Lance because you see Lance Riddick and and I think Lance Riddick has this wonderful character where he is. A father figure and a mentor. You think about him on the best episodes of The Wire. And he does that so well that he's the mentor. And and certainly he's in this film as as the moral compass. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment when he says to Ollie, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And you can see in a character that, as you said, is weary and scared and tired. It's it's almost a second of grace. Yeah. Because he said, I'm proud of you. But at the same time, there is this menace to Lance Riddick. Oh, yeah. So that when he's walking through the house, and as you said, he's basically going through the motions, but he is looking. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I really love about this that scene is that it's another scene that showed just how vulnerable these women are. Yeah. Throughout the film, there are scenes where you realize just how tenuous their safety is. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that is true. There are that people in the true. background. There's there's a wonderful scene towards the end where... Wait, what's Ollie's sister's name? Deb. Yeah. Where Deb is trying to get fake IDs mm-hmm. that, that just unfolds. Yeah. But you understand this is how these women are and and again to to put it within the western tradition when we think about westerns and we think about the men who play the protagonists in westerns they are always men and and very alpha male men so that if there's some danger there they can handle it Mm -hmm. physically because Mm -hmm. they're men but you have these two women who have to figure out how to navigate this world, and it's just super dangerous at all times. Even with a character like Lance Riddick's character,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: that true. he is super intimidating, mm-hmm. and this is a, you know, and, and and talking about the way the film is shot and staged, it's the the shots are so tight throughout that you feel the claustrophobia and. Mm-hmm almost every scene and and i i just i just thought that was masterful yeah because again when we talk about these films whether we're talking about westerns whether you know i would argue there's a bit of noir in here a bit yeah you know whether Mm -hmm. we're talking Mm -hmm. about like i said i think there's a hood film element to it where where i got to go back and deal again Mm -hmm. it's always men so that this completely upends our understanding of it as that film yeah even to the part at the end and again you all have been warned you know as soon as this film starts and she says i have eight more days and 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 lance riddick's character says to her did you you know have you thought about leaving and she says oh i applied to this job in spokane and and they even go and she interviews you know this is not going to work right I thought the beautiful thing about this film, and, and and frankly, I think this is gendered, because when we think about a film with men, it would be some explosions, there would be some type yeah. of, of crazy... Did you notice there are no guns in this
0: I, film? I That's why I appreciate Did it. Did you notice there are no guns? Even though the drug dealers and all this other type of stuff, there's no drug You don't deal. need guns nope.
1: because they're women, and it's already dangerous without the guns.
0: Well, you know, but, but also, you don't need guns because... In real life, there's enough danger. Yeah. In real life, there's enough real drama. But I have to say, I I just think the stakes are so high for them anyway. Mm -hmm. Like
1: everywhere that Ollie went, yeah. Everywhere, like Ollie goes into these places, and I love that they're always in the background, out of focus. Mm -hmm. Some men looking. Yeah. And what are they gonna do? Are they just looking? Are they drunk? Does she know them throughout the film? Even Deb, everywhere she, you know, she goes to the hospital. There's a policeman right there getting water. Yep. But when the film ends and it's all been building up to her taking Deb across the border and during this last job for Billy. And you're thinking, oh, well, this is where it happens. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah. And then she comes back and you think. Oh, well, you didn't have the explosive end like you have in all these. But when you think about it longer than 10 minutes, you realize she's not getting away. She's coming back. She's never leaving this town. She's going to be with her sister forever. She says, I mean, last thing she says to her, you've got your son, you've got this one, you've got, and you've got me and you can't get old without me so that in my mind, it is a traditional ending where the, the, the protagonist doesn't escape. But it's not in a hail of bullets. Well, It's not because she gets arrested. It's just these familial ties have
0: pulled her back in. And this is now your life. Well, okay. I mean, I think you can read the ending that way. I think the beauty of the ending and some of the information that you get um, going into the ending is that it's um, it could be a little subjective. She's never leaving that town. Okay, I, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with agree with that read, but I can see where you could have that read. How can you have another read? Well, I I honestly have the read that she does leave the town, but takes her sister with her. I do.
1: How's she going to take? Screw up Deb with her, or if she does take
0: her, how does that change anything? I that's what I see. That's what that's that's the ending that I see. Do you really see a happily ever after for I didn't, Ollie? I didn't say necessarily happily ever after, but I, uh, as happy as she can be, I see her going to Spokane and taking Deb and, and taking her Deb nephew and, and her nephew. Yes, I do. I do.
1: And 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 then what? I do. And then I,
0: what happens? <laughs> I don't know, but I think that that's the beauty of the end of this film. One of my favorite films of all time in my top 10 is Sideways with uh, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Which deals with it, it's a comedy dealing with him as a. He, he loves wine and the whole thing, right? But crazy
1: movie. Love it. It's where you first meet um, actress I love so much. I just forgot her name. Oh, Sandra O. Oh?
0: Sandra O. Oh. That's not where you first...
1: I mean, it's not where, well, it's where I first noticed where you it. first noticed okay. yeah. Um, Uh.
0: Yeah, so... But one of the great things about that ending of that film is that it's very ambiguous. That mm-hmm. film literally ends with Paul Giamatti's character walking up to a door, putting his hand on the doorknob, and you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And I thought it was one of the bravest things I've ever seen in a movie. And the way that this film ends with you know in a way an echo to the opening right where the they're, they're they're coming back across the border I think is again another brave choice um especially considering that this is a first time uh screenwriter and director mm-hmm. because we both have two different interpretations of what's next mm-hmm. on the, what's on the other side of, of the screen if you will um, and who's to say either of us is right or wrong but that's oh I'm completely right there's no way she's ever leaving this town Okay. I know the missionaries have propped you up no, no, to believe I'm telling that you're you are very rarely wrong. I'm just looking at the evidence in the film. Well, I'm just looking at the whole film. I'm looking at the film too, and I don't necessarily you're you talking about she says how you know you're 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 gonna grow, you know, you're not gonna grow old without me. That that could also mean that she plans to ultimately says just come with me. So she's gonna go to college? In, in Spokane, I I didn't say all that. I mean, she said you. I mean, she's she's. I didn't say all that. I said she would go with her to Spokane. I didn't say she's gonna go to Spokane, and all of a sudden she's gonna you know open up a you know her own coffee shop. And they're gonna and all live this type in the. Stuff.
1: They're gonna live in her little one room apartment that she's gonna get in Spokane.
0: Look, I didn't
1: tear apart your ending. I'm just saying.
0: I just said I read it a different way. <sighs>
1: That's very optimistic.
0: Uh, why not have some optimism? She's never leaving this town. I think different. I think different. And um, but that is the beauty of this film. That and I don't want to know. Right. I don't want to know. I don't. I certainly don't need a, a Little Woods two. Um. And if I met Nia Decosta, you wouldn't ask her. I might ask her. You might ask. I might ask. Her. You might ask her. I'll be honest. So if Nia DeCosta is, if she is, if, if we're blessed enough that she is listening to this, if she wants to send an email to the Michelle mission at gmail dot com, we promise we won't tell anyone. Right. We right. won't tell anyone. But what do you
1: see? What do you see happening? What happened with Ali with and and Deb? And Deb. I mean, really, just does Ollie does Ali ever leave this town? Which, before we end. Because something else I want to talk about, and about her leaving the town or not. Okay. Would you call this a black film?
0: Oh, see, that's I was going to go with you. Okay. Because right. the question should go to you. This was your selection. Yes, I think it is a black film
1: because a, because for for the couple of things that I've talked about already, I, I think part of the subversion of the western and 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 these sort of genre films where the protagonist the default is always a white man, mm-hmm. and I think this is very much a gendered film. And I think her blackness, first of all, creates a space for black people Mm -hmm. in Westerns and and in this world, which just looking at interviews with her, she said that was deliberate. She said growing up she'd watch Westerns with her father and she wanted to, well, create a space for blackness. And certainly I think one of the choices that I liked was that no one was that surprised to see her. Because when you look on the periphery, there are other black people, Mm -hmm. and there are Hispanic people, and there are native peoples, and it is multicultural. Yes. Because North Dakota, I think, is, is like that, and it's a fracking town, so people come and work. So, again, you have the reality versus, as you said, people...
0: Who, perceptions
1: and and people who exploit those perceptions oh, right, right of quote unquote real america and real america is always very monochromatic mm-hmm. so i think it works like that with blackness but i think what really really stayed with me about it being a black film is the notion of leaving and and there's a wonderful exchange between lance riddick and Tessa Thompson, where he, he says you can leave, you can just leave if you want to. And, and <clears throat> I think when we talk about black culture and, and black people, I think that has always been a fault line of tension, mm-hmm. people leaving the community. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you, like, like you, 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 you did well and then you left Or, or, or you, you think that you're too good for us or all of these things. And there's a bit of that throughout this film where people are always saying to Ollie, Oh, we're, well, you know, you were always the smart one or you're better at this than everybody else. And no one can do this, but you, you're never wrong. You're never wrong. And there is this undercurrent of Ollie's guilt that if she leaves all this behind, it's all gonna fall apart. And 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 back to Deb, like Deb, she says to Deb at one point, "How are you so good at screwing up?" Because Deb is spectacular. She is at screwing up. She very much is. <laughs> but this sense that you have this connection to family that you don't necessarily like, but you love them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and and you are responsible for them and even if you have opportunities to go other places you still end up staying with them I, th- I felt like that was really really racialized i mean obviously black people don't have a monopoly on feeling responsibility to people that's true but i think this is very considering that this is a black director And a black screenwriter, I don't think it's too much of a reach to say that familiarity with that exchange Mm -hmm. is there for a reason. Right. I also think it's significant that the person telling her to leave. Is a black man. Is a black man. That when we look at the gender dynamic of people leaving, men have always had the freedom to leave. Mm-hmm. In a way that women haven't. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to slavery. Yeah. So that really kind of added to my, you know, I, I thought there was, I thought, I thought Takasa creating this space for black women. Plus this, this whole, di- this this whole tension about whether or not she should leave. And again, by my reading, she's not leaving. Like she's like, they come okay, back. No, 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 reading, no, I'm no, reading. I'm just, you know, she, they, they come back across the border. They come back home. Well, th- yeah. And I thought that was very black. Well, she had to go back to the, go back. No, 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 but that didn't have to be the last shot of the film. Well, true. Like, like I think it's significant that the last shot of the film is them coming back across the border after she gives this great speech about how Deb is going to be okay because she has all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and one of the things that she has is Ollie. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would call it a black film.
0: Cool. I would call it a black film too, and but I could cite all those reasons that you you just eloquently pointed out, but at the end of the day, I come, I land on as a black film because. Tessa Thompson is the lead in this film and is asked to carry most of this film. Most of the heavy lifting in this film. I mean, Lily James certainly is, you know, supporting her. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But it it is a lead supporting role. Yeah. Tessa Thompson is the lead in this film, and there was a point when we started this mission. I wouldn't have necessarily landed on this being a black film, mm-hmm. th- even though that was the case. But somewhere along the line, and I can't, I can't necessarily point to where it happened, but somewhere along the line, I realized, no, this is a person that is asked to lead this film that is, that is you know, doing the heavy lifting on, on in this movie, not sharing the lead with anyone else, and damn it, it's a black woman, it's a black person. So, to me, that makes it, that lands it in the category of a black film. Now, you, you add in Nia DaCosta writing and directing The movie as well, and then well, you know, it's it's a film can play. It's boom, it's a black film, but that was enough to get me there. Okay, that works for me. So there you go. So Little Woods is a black film. Okay, would you recommend this movie? I, I would
1: strongly recommend this movie. Yeah, I I would would strongly recommend this film. And I'm 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 very, very happy that Nia DaCosta is now in the conversation. Yes, don't I. And and would you recommend this film?
0: I would. I would recommend this movie. I would recommend it wholeheartedly, unabashedly, uh, without any type of uh, uh, caveats. I think you should check out this film, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that you will enjoy it. I think it 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 it's it's um it's not a pick me up. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there, you know. But that notwithstanding,
1: there's beauty in the misery.
0: There is beauty in the misery.
1: We we were talking earlier, and we were talking a little bit off the mic about films that that we would call misery porn or mm-hmm. trauma porn mm-hmm. and i think the artistry of this film elevates it past that but it's it's pretty bleak oh it's pretty bleak
0: Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a bleak one it's a very bleak one ladies and gentlemen but uh check it out though yeah yeah absolutely check it out little woods um it's it's worth the watch it's worth the watch if for no other reason watch it because it's the um the primer for Nia DaCosta doing Candyman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, which will be produced by um, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. So you want to check that out. Yeah, and as you pointed out,
1: her, and, and I didn't spend as much time talking about this aspect of it, her technical mastery is masterful. Oh, yeah. Like, this is a good looking film.
0: Yes. Uh, shout out to the cinematographer, Matt Mitchell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is a good looking film Go for that as well. So I'm, I am interested to see what she does with the Candyman imagery. Me too.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into what we're going to watch next week on the Michaud Mission, I invite you to email us all of your feedback at michaudmission at gmail.com Also follow us on all of the social medias at Michaud Mission including our Facebook group which is Michaud Mission. And if you can't figure out how to spell it, it's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X- M-I-S-S-I-O-N The Michaud Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network, thepodglomerate.com curated podcast for your listening pleasure. Our show is available in an edited form as a radio show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM, 106.5 FM, Philly Cam, people-powered media here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection, and you can wake up with the Michaud Mission every Monday at 9 a.m., on WKDU 91.7 FM the voice of Drexel University. We are still working hard on episode 200 we are we're this close as i hold my my two fingers barely apart ladies and gentlemen this close to finalizing things for episode 200 i so cannot wait to announce to you um what we're going to be what the film we're going to be reviewing what we're going to be doing for that for that uh very special event but shut your mouth right now i will we just talking about the event <laughs> um Next week on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, it's October. Now, usually what happens in October, we do one whole month of horror movies. However, next week we are very bringing you a very special show that we recorded in Vince's home of Baltimore. It We will be sitting down with the comedian Daryl Charles at his lovely home in uh Baltimore, as we review Eddie Murphy's The Distinguished Gentleman which you, maybe could be a horror movie Wow that's that's wrong <laughs> that's wrong that is It's not it's not it, it's a, what it's not wrong no it's, no, it's not a, it's wrong. not a horror it's movie very wrong it's 100% wrong It was low hanging fruit So next week on the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, Vince and I will be sitting down with Daryl Charles as we review Eddie Murphy's The uh, Distinguished Gentleman. And then following that, we will get into horror themed films for you. Yeah. Uh, It kind of like actually I had my next film set up and it wasn't a horror film. So now I got to push that back to November.
1: Oh, I got all kinds of lists. I, so I bet you
0: do. Put it on your list. All right. So, that be, but I'll be first out the gate with absolutely, a horror. Absolutely, absolutely, no doubt. Oh man, I ha See, I have a horror film. Okay. I just don't know if it was in the theaters. I got to check if it was in oh, the theaters. Well, I don't know. I don't know. All I need to do have been in one. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah, I that's need. right. <laughs> that's all I need for it to be in one, because I've chosen this film, yeah, specifically. To scare the bejesus out of oh, you, for God's sake.
1: Alright. Fine, sure.
0: So that's that's coming in two weeks. Okay. Horror film. Yes. V- a- AKA Vincent Scream Month. Yes, yes. I just need to I mean,
1: we did Candyman. That's the one that was holding me back for years. Okay. So, like, that's the one that I've had on a horizon. So we bit the bullet mm-hmm. and and talked
0: about Candyman. So mm-hmm. All right. You wait till I what I got for you. Okay. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, he's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say
1: we'll see you when it's time to meet again.